Orale. What's up, everybody? You're tuned in to another episode of the Chicano Podcast. Uh, today, I have some very, very, very special uh, guests uh, today. Um, I got my compa, Guido. I got my hermano, Ignacio. And um, today, uh, we're just going to basically be uh, chopping it up. Um, I think that uh, both of wait, what's up, Guru? How you doing, brother? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. Cool, man. So um, I just uh, muted, unmuted uh, Ignacio. And what's up, Ignacio? How you doing, brother? Todo bien, todo bien. Glad to be uh, here. Good, good, good. Hey, um, so today we're going to be uh, talking about a lot of different things. But first of all, um, Ignacio, man, um, I know we go back a little bit further uh, than uh, me and uh, Guido. Why, why, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you're, you know, what you're doing and, um, you know, just a little bit about yourself, man. So I'm Ignacio De La Sol. Um, I'm doing work right now with uh, El Partido Nacional de Raza Unida and uh, trying to organize out here in Florida, working for prison abolition and various different things. I, I think that I would identify as a, a Maoist, um, Chicano Maoist and revolutionary nationalist um, in that fashion. And, you know, uh, I'm just uh, trying to do my best for our raza and spread the knowledge and put in the work um, you know, with all the other great hermanas y hermanos with the partido and out there, even, you know, in other organizations that are really fighting for the same things, the same principles and ideals. Um, and that's that's my life's passion. That's what I'm dedicated to and what I will continue to do. Cool, brother. Cool. I mean, have you have you been um, doing that for some time or when 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 did when did the day uh, come that you became I guess uh, awoken as you know. Sometimes as gente, you know, we say we, we we got something bigger to do than just for ourselves. When when did that happen for you, brother? Well, I guess you know, as Chicanos, uh, we're always struggling, especially here in Estados Unidos, uh, in occupied land. He, I guess when I was younger, I noticed the disparities. I noticed that there was things that wasn't right and so I took the time to invest in investigating those things for that and sabes que like I, I went through my own personal struggles you know with the law and with addiction and recovery and so moving out of that I found that the, the best source of mental well-being um, was to raise my consciousness in serving other gente you know in serving the people and studying, strengthening my mind and body, but never disconnecting myself from el movimiento and from the raza, because that's where I find the source of, you know, strength to continue. And along this path, uh, I think that the key moment was, you know, recovery, you know, from, from my addictions and everything like that, because it really solidified for me, you know, like, these these ideas and these experiences you know they have to be applied in order for them to mean anything and it's it it's all at the end of the day really just based on love you know it's based on uh, an undying desire to serve your gente 
and to um, be selfless. But also, you know, like this is something that helps the individual as well, you know, because it feels good to help others and it feels good to be able to love up on your gente and, you know, get love back. Um, so I, I just don't see um, having entered into recovery any other way, you know, to live than to live for the raza. That's 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 <laughs> that's that's uh that's strong, bro. Um, and I, I can I, I can definitely appreciate um those uh particular choices of words, man. Because um I I I I would I would agree with you and say that there is a huge part of integrity that we are uh, missing out on. And, and if I could, if I could say anything to what you just said, I said I think that without that integrity, that's that's why we're sick. That's why we're that's why we're broken. Um, that's why we're not as strong as we should be. Um, so um, no, man, I appreciate that, compa, Giru, man. What's 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 your background, bro? Like, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about like you know yourself and you know what? what um brings you into like this um you know this world of uh, chicanismo or wanting to uh you know uh better your mind when it comes to uh, some of these concepts we're going to be talking to today and why i have you on the podcast today yeah so i could tell you that i'm um uh latino or probably a lot of people don't really like that term so i would say uh chicano although my 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 mom is, you know, Puerto Rican, so I guess mixed in a way, ethnically speaking. Mm-hmm. But I just remember coming, you know, growing up uh, because of, you know, circum- certain circumstances in my family, you know, my dad not being around. Um, and, and just the fact that we, like, like Ignacio mentioned, we're living on occupied land. Um, and there's all this European influence. Um, Mm-hmm. within within the the Latin diaspora I didn't really feel connected to a to a lot of things and so when I became of a certain age I really I I started having that yearning for a sense of cultural connectedness and um, I started to in- investigate what does it mean to be Latino or Mexican or Chicano or native however you want to call it. Um, and, and I started to really um, do a lot of anthropological research and like cultural investigation to see what is it that I identify with. And that led me to look up a lot of, you know, the atrocities that have happened on these continents and the different cultures um, that were subjected to, you know, cultural, cultural erasure, genocide and so on. So that's that's how I think I got into the whole identity side of things. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, no, you, you said that uh, your your mom is Puerto Rican. What if you don't mind me asking, what about your dad? My dad is uh, Mexican, but he's actually from Texas. OK, OK, hey, man, that's, that's he. He, he's over here where I'm at, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, no man, that's uh, that's that's cool. Um, so today, um, I guess we're going to cover a lot of those issues uh, 
um, you know, um, as, as, as you guys pointed out, um, you know, so, uh, you know, occupied land, um, you know, it's some, you know, our identity, um, I think these are, um, like, it's kind of how we're conflicted, you know, in a way, as Chicanos, like, you know, I think, uh, you know, um, hermano said a minute ago that, you know, we kind of, um, are steadily, um, thinking about, you know, ways to, um, I don't know how he put it, but, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly looking for that liberation of not just our own freedoms, but our minds. And, um, you know, um, we're going to be talking today about a lot of these various topics, but, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit moving away from, you know, I think some people out there, um, you know, that, you know, look at our, um, you know, political conundrum, if you will. Um, some people understand it, you know, differently, you know, but like some people um, voted uh, for, you know, Biden. Some people uh, wanted Bernie to win. Um, you, you, you were a Bernie fan, right? Uh, Bernie, I remember, you know, uh, man, it was like 20 in a in the running for the 2016 election. Okay. Um, okay. When when Bernie like first was getting popular, at least mm-hmm. uh, you know, at, as I recall it, I I do remember thinking like, wow, this is one of the the most appealing candidates that I've you know seen, and he's talking about socialism. What what is what is that? Isn't that the stuff everybody says is bad and this this and that? Right, and that was years ago, and I think through getting into arguments with people and debating, I just realized, oh, these terms, I don't know what they mean. I gotta, I gotta investigate this stuff, you know? And um, I think that's, I think that's pretty much how I got into looking up these uh, ideas that would be considered leftist. So there, you're saying that there's like a stigma towards uh, this uh, idea of socialism. Didn't Bernie call it democratic socialism? Yeah, I think I think so. But like you said, there's a stigma around the idea of socialism in general. And and that goes with a lot of the history of the United States, you know, McCarthyism, Red Scare propaganda, you know. Um, and why Red, why Red Scare? Why Red Scare propaganda? Why would they want to scare you into thinking that it's something bad? Uh, no, well, no. Why, why, why is it called? Why is it called particularly red scare? Why red? Oh, uh, um, I believe it's because of the colors that that uh, are associated with like places like China and the USSR. Their flags. That's my guess. Oh, okay. So, a lot of people um, do say that socialism always leads to communism. I mean, is that true? Well, the idea. Uh, there's a saying that goes, uh, socialism is the road, communism is the destination. So, okay. so I, ideally, I think so. It should lead. It doesn't always, um, because as we've seen, you know, socialist experiments, uh, they can be sabotaged and so on and so forth and derailed where they don't lead to communism. But the idea is that socialism is a way to achieve it you were saying something about like the the stigma 
um, I mean, are you saying like, I mean, there's like some kind of propaganda around um, the ideals uh, for um, communism? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Like there's some type of, um, I guess, stigma, like you said, like some censorship or something? Yeah, and, and that is... I mean, if you if you consider um, capitalism and what it is, it has a capitalism has an incentive, like a financial incentive, to uh, misinform the public on what socialism is to make it sound scary. Because if the general population knows that there is uh, a competing way, a way of organizing society that can compete with and surpass capitalism, um, then that would be the end of this profiteering and, and uh, you know, this gross wealth for all these oligarchs, you know? So they, they wouldn't want you to understand what socialism and communism means in truth. So, I mean, is, is America biased for um, the reasons that you say, or does that actually align with freedom and democracy the way we're led to believe i would say that that the united states is totally aligned against anything that has to do with socialism or or communism you see propaganda all the time and actually the education my education says i can speak for myself you know i didn't learn very well about uh these concepts um you know going through high school and things like that talking about uh the world wars and, and and why things happened and so on and so forth they they just don't teach you this stuff okay hermano um ignacio what i mean what exactly how, how would you define um communism for for people that are um you know let's just say bernie fans out there um you know people that you know hey man i'm 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 a democratic socialist i really liked what the guy was talking about um, you know, and then a lot of people say that, hey, man, it's the same thing. How how would you um, define this this communism in in, in in the bias that America has around it? Um, so like to begin, I guess it really it really starts with like when we talk about Americans, we got to talk about which Americans, right? The ones native to the. No, yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, are we talking about the ones native to the continent, to Turtle Island, or the ones who came over, the settler colonial Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we talk about communism, right, we got to talk about what kind of communism, what kind of socialism. Because like you pointed out, there's different kinds, like Bernie's democratic socialism, right? That's like capitalism with socialist characteristics or even more so phrasing right he uses some of the ideas of socialism because the ideas of socialism are valid and that they're trying to transition a society away from this commodity production from this from this market where everything revolves around profit and loss and everything and return it to a communistic society which is based on humanity and the needs of humanity and what we can produce and create for the betterment of mankind, right? So mm-hmm. when it comes to communism, 
specifically, you know, why I said at the beginning, I identify, you know, as like part of the Maoist trend, right? It's porque communism is meant to be the natural state of things, right? It's from each according to their ability to each according to their need. Right, which means that we organize society in such a way that we don't need a state, right? We don't need a government or any representative body like that, okay? We can do everything ourselves, right? Now this sounds great, you know. A lot of people say, well, the idea of communism is great, but it never works in practice, right? But they would never know because we've never had a communist society. We've only had the closest thing would be primitive communal societies, you know, like the indigenous gente to this continent and in Africa, the Asia, things like that, you know, where primitive communal societies have existed. Um, pero we haven't had that communist society because we're stuck in this capitalist stage. And there has been some heroic efforts throughout the world, like the Mano was talking about, you know. Uh, to develop socialism with the aims of achieving communism but you know for one reason or another things have came up and people have made mistakes and you know especially here people are always really quick to say you know that just proves it can never work but if you look at the amount of socialist experiments compared to the amount of capitalist practices the the amount of failures of capitalism surmount the amount of failures of socialism and communistic theories put into practice by tenfold verdad because today we have millions of people starving we have our children in fucking concha i'm sorry for swearing <laughs> but in in concentration camps verdad so when we talk about communism we're talking about it from the colonized perspective here in Aslan within the Estados Unidos from the raza who are trying to fight for a better world and it's understandable that some people are against it porque just like the mano was pointing out you know like this society teaches you to be against it because they don't want you understanding what's in your own interest They say the communists want to take your private property, but they fail to point out the communists are talking about the corporations like Amazon, right? We're talking about the rich 1% who have extracted all this wealth from the people who produce it and have left them with little to nothing, you know? And a lot of our raza, myself included, grew up without a lot of food on the table and stuff like that. But communism is about making sure that everyone has enough to eat. Everyone has a chance to go to school. Everyone has access to healthcare. And in it's about just raising people's consciousness to work together instead of against one another. So earlier you said something that um was talking about um like maybe where um, I guess the comparisons of uh what people make uh maybe where it's worked or where it hasn't worked or whatever i mean we have uh china and we have um what was the other country that we were talking about earlier that's another um communist uh, sup- supposedly right well yeah they were it was a socialist nation the soviet union they were socialist but they were ran by the communist party okay so 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 we do have the ussr and we do Cuba. have um china 
and uh, Cuba, but that's pretty much so small that we Vietnam is another example. Vietnam, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and, and we, we went to war <laughs> over that, um, probably to keep them down. I don't think. Okay, so let's let's talk about uh, China and USSR. I mean, we would never go to war with countries this big, uh, yet they are communists, um, right? Or am I wrong? Are they are they communists? Yeah. They well, okay. So the Soviet Union is no longer there. Now it's the Russian Federation. Federal with in China, um, they are ruled by the Communist Party, which is made up of the people of China. Um, I don't think that the United States wants that smoke. No, because <laughs> I, I don't think that you know. Um, and I have my disagreements with China también, pero you know, like um, all in all, you know, their people have access to a lot more benefits than we do even here, you know, in occupied territory. And I don't think that the U.S. would ever want to go to war with China because they have, you know, the moral higher ground on their side. But 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 I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get out of it is that yeah I mean the United States only picks on little guys they're not going to pick on somebody big you know so we we know we're not going to war but as far as these being um, communist countries so we've established that they are communist countries and um, it does work for them is that is that is that um, is that something that um, I can I can um, assume is it it works well. For, well, um, let me try to let me try to answer your question in a kind of a direct way. So, are, are they communist in that their society is communist? No, because they are not a stateless, classless, moneyless society. However, like Ignacio was saying, um, it could be argued that they're communist in principle because they are run by a communist party or something, something or other like that to that effect. You know. So maybe this is where a lot of people really miss the connection. You guys right. obviously know something that we don't. So you know what? That's 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 one of the questions I have. What is the number one misconception of communism and why? Um, okay. So <laughs> there's a lot of misconceptions. I, I hear people say all kind of stuff when I when the word communism comes up in a conversation. They'll say stuff like, um, "Oh, that's when the government controls everything," or "That's you just want everybody to make the same money," or "You have to follow orders. It's authoritarian, or this, everything is state controlled." It's like that. That totally totally misses the point of what communism is and i'll say it again the basic boil down version um is a classless stateless moneyless society um so to expand upon what that means class meaning there's no there's no institution or there's no uh method by which people are stratified you know uh classified on top of one another or with more power or more status or more wealth or what have you right um state meaning yeah state meaning that there is a, a centralized power that enforces the will of a few or laws or however you want to put it they're enforcers or they're they enact you know and 
uh, moneyless. Well, we all know what money is, so there's no no need for currency because, like Ignacio says, you can organize the society in such a way that things are produced and they go where they need to go from each according to their ability to each according to their need. Do you agree with um, him on, on a lot of what he's saying right now, Ignacio, or can you expand differently or, or, or would you just say that, yeah, no, he's, he's right on the money? Yeah, he's right on the money. Okay. Um, now the, 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 the moneyless part is, I guess, a little bit more, um, I guess, complicated, but I mean, I think that, um, governments have the ability, uh, to pretty much all be moneyless if they really wanted to. It's just, we kind of use this fiat system to kind of keep track of, um, the little people, if you will, the little energons, um, so no, that's 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 good, man. Fundamentally, um, as far as um, the 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 crux, I mean, the most decisive issue or the most important part of communism. I mean, would you what, what would you say that 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 part is? Because I know we're we're covering a lot, but I mean, the most important part for people to take away in this particular episode, if they got anything um, out of you know the discussion on communism. Um, you know, and why they should be uh, advocating for it. I mean, what would be that most decisive issue or most important part that people should be able to take away, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, probably even looking into it themselves? Mm, well, I'll say my answer and then I'll, I'll throw it to Ignacio. Uh, so I think something that's super important for people to understand is the means of production. Um, and and what our, what our dynamic to it is and how that separates the classes, right? Um, so the means of production is just anything that is used to produce a product or, or a service, right? So classic examples that people probably understand best is factories, industrial machinery, raw materials, you know, tools that are used to, to produce an actual good, right? Um, so all that stuff in the production process is the means of production. Now, under capitalism, any rich mofo can come along and buy up some means of production. And then now he's legally entitled to the profits that are generated. But does he actually contribute? Does he actually produce the thing? for the public no you do i do we do we all put in that work we all put in that sweat and and we use our time you know to produce these things so i think that we should have um more power when it comes to uh deciding how the workplace is run deciding what is the cost of goods you know should, should the capitalist just at any time say, okay, now I'm going to raise the price of bread. Okay, now I'm going to raise the rent up. No, that should be up to us because we produce the stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 no. I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, interesting. I mean, when, when we think of uh, capitalism, I mean, is it, is it, is it inherently what we're led to believe? Because I mean, um, I've always, I've always grown up um, hearing 
the capitalism was pretty much synonymous with democracy, synonymous with freedom, and then you see the flag somewhere, and uh, capitalism is pretty much at the heart of the, you know, three words. Freedom, democracy, capitalism. They're always associated together. I mean, is this a, is this a um, misnomer? Totally propaganda. <laughs> That's totally propaganda. So speaking on propaganda, I mean, one, one time uh, recently, I think I heard uh, the Latin breakdown of government um, was like, you know, governo, um, which is like a Latin verb. Uh, you know, to basically control the mind of the puppet people, or you know, to control is you know, govern, and, 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 uh, and then the ment, you know, government, the ment part is the mente or men, men, mentis in Latin or something, the mind. So con- oh, wow. to control the mind is basically what government means, and we're supposedly like these puppet people. I don't know, um, you know, how um, you guys feel about that, but I mean. The reason that I bring this up is sometimes, you know, we think in terms of a um, Hegelian dialectic. Me and you talked about this the other day, Giru. Um, Sometimes these people that are all powerful at the very top uh, can create a um, situation that they already know uh, what they want in the end, uh, but they can make you think that you created the solution to the problem which is the synthesis uh, which sometimes is the way the electoral system works or the uh, illusion if you will to democracy let's say for example you have a democrat you have a republican uh, they say pick the lesser of two evils you really don't like either one of them so you really don't choose somebody that you like but because you have the illusion of being able to pick the one that's not as bad as the really, 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 really shitty one. Um, You know, he's still really, really shitty. (laughs) But, um, you know, because you picked him, you're supposedly in this democracy. And I guess where I'm going with all this is that illusion of control is sometimes, um, you know, the society that we live in with this, um, I forget what they call... uh, the guy that that, that, that made um, Tweed, Tweedism. I think his name was Boss Tweed. Um, he was the guy that, that, that first basically said, like, I don't really care about, you know, who um, is the candidate as long as I pick the, uh, I, don't, I don't care who the, I don't care who the, the president is or I don't care who they pick. I just want to choose the candidates that they choose from. And basically, that was the ultimate uh, statement is because, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to pick whoever they're going to pick. As long as he picks the ones beforehand, he already, you know, pretty much has created the illusion of that um, idea. And um, I'm just trying to understand and differentiate how um, communism really uh, differs from... um, you know, because I mean, in 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 all of the uh, ways that you know, hey, we say that you know everything is going to be uh, shared. How do we know that the government? Because like I mean, like 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 you said earlier, right? Um, the China, 
and um, the USSR, they really don't practice it 100%. Is that is that kind of what I'm hearing? Is it they, they, they're, they're supposedly communists, but they really don't practice it to the extent of like the way that it should be? Or there's just so many different versions that, you know, we, we really we really can't put our thumb on it. Well, I'll just jump in here quick. Uh, so I wouldn't say that it's necessarily that they don't put it into practice. I, I think it's a lot of people that would make arguments for and against whether they practice what they preach or whatever. But it's more uh, when I say what I said earlier, it's more that they haven't achieved communism yet. Not that they're like saying one thing and trying to do another, if that makes sense. But yeah, go ahead, uh, Ignacio. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that um, at the end of the day, you know, it, it depends on a lot of different factors among which, you know, really comes into play, you know, like um, when we talk about like democracy and freedom and stuff like that, I would say that those things are not synonymous with the U.S. or capitalism. They're actually opposed to it because here we do not experience any sort of freedom. We are not free to live our lives in accordance with how we wish. And we do not have representation to do so either. And in China or the former Soviet Union or today in Cuba or Vietnam, you know, there is much more options on the table um, afforded to the gente over there porque they can, they can go out and pursue an education in the field that they want. They can receive health care. They have guarantees of housing and food. And it may not be nothing like crazy nice, but it's not a result of socialism or communism failing. It's just the result of the external contradictions that exist and force it to, um, you know, um, not be able to come into fruition naturally. I think I heard y'all talking about this before when I was trying to grasp um, where I'm at right now. So something about the conditions. The conditions are different. Is that is that kind of where um, our 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 version might be different from their version? Or because um, I mean, obviously Cuba um, has a lot of sanctions, right? I mean, if America played nice, played fair, you know, <laughs> treated them like you know uh, they probably treat everybody else or whatever, did trade with them. Uh, they they'd probably be living under better conditions. Is that is that is that what you're saying? That's yes. um yeah. Oh, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, but I would say that's totally true. I mean, you think about it. So, Cuba had their revolution, and afterward, uh, think about the stuff that they achieved, like uh, way, you know, these leaps in literacy. So everybody know how to read now, like what? That's crazy. Uh, for, ba basically from, from where they went, you know, after the revolution achieving things like that. And, and now they have crazy home ownership rate. Whereas we're a quote unquote rich country. Um, and we still have these, these chronic problems like homelessness. You know what I'm saying? So if we did if we did stuff like play nice, as you said, and not sanction them, allow them to trade, uh, they would be able to um, 
improve their material conditions. So material conditions, I mean, that's that's a part of settler colonialism and the, the, the occupied or the, you know, the occupied land that we're talking about right now, right? I mean, that, 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 that somehow um, ties into the racist dynamic or that pyramid uh, that you were talking about the other day, Giru. Can you tell me about that racist pyramid or that pyramid that has something to do with that hierarchy that we're talking about right now? Sure, yeah. So the pyramid that I was referring to is, it's, uh, there was, there was like, this graphic that was floating around for a long time online where you would see the pyramid of uh, racial like white supremacy or you know racial racist progression where it's like more um subtle subtle racism or however you want to call it on the bottom of the pyramid the widest and then as, as it progresses it, it it moves toward slavery genocide mass murder and things like that so it starts with little uh biases and microaggressions um and, and ignorance and then it goes to uh, stereotyping and make uh, making slurs and so on um and then eventually you get up to the higher stuff but yeah so people kind of tend to think that if you if you nip the little stuff in the butt first then you kind of prevent the bigger stuff from happening however i think that it's the other way around because there are these um how do you want to call it these mechanistic uh incentives like the the bad stuff really happens first if you think about it the slavery happened first before there was all this propaganda and ideology about black people have lower iqs they're savage, they're brutish, they're promiscuous, so on and so forth, they're subhuman. That stuff came later as a justification for the fact that they wanted to enslave people. Or, or Native for Americans for that matter, right? I mean, Native Americans yeah, exactly. were subhuman, not in the Constitution. And, you know, I mean, we, we were always, I think one of the presidents called us mongrels. Um, what, what about you, Hermano Ignacio? I mean, do you think that there's an, there's an element of racism that's tied into um, this uh, capitalism uh, that we live in, or, 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 or what do you think? Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, we have to understand the United States as a capitalist nation, also as a settler colonial nation, right? Because they came over from Europe and colonized what was known as Turtle Island. Right? They came over and they brought that. And after the Bacon's Rebellion, they consolidated white hegemony at the top of this pyramid. And we see this today and where they're constantly through the media or, you know, through social media or in schools and so on and so forth. They're pushing this racial line, verdad? They are pushing this idea of what it means to be American. And it's always the blonde, it's always the white, it's always the blue eyed, you know, it's, it's, the capitalist system on top of a settler colonial um, ideology, which enforces one power over another. And we as Chicanos represent an oppressed nation within the settler colonial capitalist state. Um, and so in talking about our liberation, we must not only address you know, the capitalist system, but the racial hierarchy 
and the white hegemony, which also represses us and causes us to develop these different neuroses and self-hatred and, you know, forces us to, you know, feel like we have to assimilate in society and act more white, you know, and force us to code switch when we go places. Um, porque if we, if we talk to Chicano, or if we fucking, you know, talk with some culture or anything, you know, like that, then we could be seen as ghetto from the barrio, you know, and they'll just want to, you know, they'll be like, oh man, you belong in the finta, right? They want to just push us over there unless we play their game or choose isn't, between the lesser of their two evils. Isn't, isn't that, and I think I, I may have heard you um, elaborate on this one time, isn't that the same thing as cognitive dissonance? Yeah, I think that those things correlate. Um, because I think where I'm, 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 I'm wanting to find out if if you think there is a parallel between like dialectic materialism and this capitalism slash white supremacy, and if it's not, I mean, how, how, how? It will explain to me what is dialectic materialism in, in your in 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 your opinion. Okay, under so dialectical materialism is a method of analysis. It's a tool for us to utilize to assess the situation, right? So when we walk up someplace and we use a dialectical materialist perspective in how we perceive things, we're going to develop a correct understanding on a scientific basis, which will allow us to enact the change that we want to see in accordance with, you know, the, the material conditions that exist, right? So it's not the capitalist system, right? The, the US superstructure, if you will, the state, they don't use dialectics, right? They have a very linear way of looking at things. It's either white or it's black, right? But, you know, us being brown, you know, we know that there's more to the story. Right, and our ancestors actually had concepts of dialectical materialism, right? Like Omatheo, you know, this is something that our ancestors had and developed. And it's about understanding that everything is in constant change and that there are contradictions inherent in every single thing. And it gets complex, you know, because sometimes there's antagonistic contradictions and then there's non-antagonistic contradictions, right? Um, so we need to continuously study and develop this method of analysis so that we can act right, you know? And one of the things, you know, that Hermano had mentioned uh, earlier was the mass line, right? It's, it's about staying with the people. And that's where dialectical materialism comes into play, you know, because if we are among our own rasa and we're fighting for liberation, we got to use the mass line, which is inherently dialectical. And I can break that down um, porque it's like you walk out into the radio, right? And you're talking to the gente about what they need, what problems they're faced with, right? And so you take those ideas and what they're telling you and you turn that into an actionable item, which you then present to them and you see through with them. Now, sometimes you may have different ideas than the gente in the radio, but it's not your position to tell them what is right or wrong. It's your position to help find the right conclusion alongside them and push for what's going to liberate, you know, because at the end of the day, it's the masses that liberate themselves. It's no one else. So when we have that dialectical perspective, we can see 
the contradictions in all these things and understand the motion we need to make in order to achieve the change that we're trying to acquire in our lives. And there's different things like qualitative and quantitative, you know, because sometimes things happen really slowly. You may be doing a lot of work in your community um, for a long time and you may not notice a lot of change, right? But then sometimes it really gets popping. It really starts happening and, and it's almost as if you have to run to keep up with it, you know, because the momentum has changed. And that's why dialectical materialism is a science, right? It's a science because we can we can analyze things and understand things. And even, you know, if we look at nature, nature is dialectical inherently, right? And but so- isn't, isn't, isn't that one of the most important parts of um, the study of communism? Is this dialectical materialism, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, dialectical and historical materialism are two key aspects of communism that constantly need to be developed. So what 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 would you what would how how would you lean who's your favorite out of those um, guys that I named earlier? You know, you have obviously you have Marx. Everybody is probably going to gravitate towards Marx because I think he'd be the one that would kind of kind of introduce, um, you know, the basic fundamentals of, hey, what's wrong with this system that we live in? That way you can at least open the eyes of saying, OK, maybe now I can start talking about these other three guys. Uh, which is, I think you said Mao was maybe somebody that you liked or, or Stalin or Lenin. I mean, is, is Mao your favorite or do you have any others that you can mention for, you know, the people that are out there listening, uh, you know, that have already moved past Marx or somebody that would be worthy of picking up a book and just saying, hey, man, I need to find out what this guy Mao is talking about. Like, I mean, who else is um, probably out there that would be a good recommendation? Um, and this, this goes for both of you guys. I mean, who would y'all recommend? Um, I would say off the rip, you know, I really enjoy Mao and Stalin, but also I'm, I, I really enjoy reading Che Guevara, Fidel Castro, Kwame Nkrumah, Stokely Carmichael, Asada Shakur. Um, also I would, I would recommend, you know, like Jose Carlos Mariapewe and, um, you know, uh, maybe even some, you know, like some Fred Hampton, George Jackson, you know? Um, pero I, like, I really enjoy Marx, but it's, it's difficult to, you know, stay on it. So I like to read, you know, other people. And, you know, like today we even have uh, Joma Sison, who's from the Philippines and actively still writes and um, engages with this theory. So, so I, I heard you na- say a couple of names that were obviously uh, Black Panther. So. The Black Panther Party, was it a communist um, in, in, in ideology? They were scientific socialists. And um, they identified based on Huey P. Newton's theory of revolutionary intercommunalism, which wasn't always the case. They started off as revolutionary nationalists, then internationalists, and then became intercommunalists. And I mean, this, this, this goes deep into not only the structure of um, U.S. capitalism, but I mean, these motherfuckers will kill you if they don't like what you're, what, 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 what you're preaching, right? I mean, I mean, these are obviously some of the reasons why, like, I mean, Huey and um, the other one that you said, I think, what was his name? Um, Fred, Hampton. Fred Hampton. They were both killed, right? 
by the CIA. Mm-hmm. Yep. FBI. FBI. Targeted. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's a, you know, some people might say, oh, it's a conspiracy. I always like that. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> totally yeah, conspiracy. No. Yeah, totally <laughs> conspiracy. Like, right, right. Hey, for, for everybody out there, I think uh, the, the biggest one is I think that, uh, you know, J- JFK challenged um, some of the dynamics in capitalism, right? I mean, he 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 came up with this executive order, and this this is just a little side note. I mean, he and, and you can look it up, right? The, the executive order, I think, it was like one 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 zero, something like that. And a whole bunch of ones, and then a zero right after it. But he was trying to do the same thing the that Syrian uh, or the Libyan president was doing and, and basically uh, trying to um, put some real equity in the monetization of their um, currency. Um, instead of being a fiat, you know, he was actually going to back the money with silver, JFK. And this happened like, I think, six months. I mean, he actually got it like passed an executive order to do this. And then six months later, uh, or I think like three months later, <laughs> he did a speech talking about the conspiracy of all these secret societies and the power that they wanted to uh, take over, um, you know, around the world um, as a new world order. I think he might have even used that term uh, as many presidents do. Um, and then like three months later after that, he was dead. Within that six-month time frame of that 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 currency uh, executive order, uh, which would change everything from the dynamics of the IMF to how money is traded, the banking systems that are throughout the world that control uh, this new world order again through that IMF. Uh, but it's the same thing that um, Libya, the the president. What's the name of that 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 that, that, that president that was uh, the the Gaddafi. Libyan? Pre- what was his name? Gaddafi. Gaddafi wanted to do the same thing with gold, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then Among he was killed, right? Things. Yeah, <laughs> and then he and then he was killed like right after that. So these these people don't play when it comes to power, when it comes to money, when it comes to politics. And I think this was the main reason I said um, cognitive dissonance, right? I mean. Some people could say, you know, like, man, that's just too much for me, you know, because I think Chicanos are barely, you know, starting to wake up, but we're waking up. And I think that it's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to um, everybody out there that can have this type of conversation, have this conversation. And I say that with all my heart, all my passion. I mean, you know, me and you are in some other circles and, 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 and we get at it, right? Right, Ignacio? I mean, we, we talk about some stuff that sounds a little challenging, you know? Absolutely. Um, and can I can I add something to what you're saying yes, right now? Yes, absolutely. Yes, go ahead. Feel free. I, also want, I want to point out, too, that, you know, like, you don't even have to be a Huey P. Newton or George Jackson for the state to assassinate you. Ordinary raza every day are targeted, you know? And, and in these power groups, you know, you have, like, Norteños, Soreños, you have kings, you have queens, you have blood, you have crypts. If you're a colonized individual and you act on achieving power and stability in your life, 
if you try to do something, they're going to turn you into what they deem criminal. They're going to put you into the prison system. And the U.S. has a higher prison um, population per capita than any other nation in world history, right? So they're assassinating us every day. Even even our razas, you know, hijos that are that are coming over after the U.S. has gone in and destroyed their patrias, you know, they're tossed into concentration camps and left to die. You know, 16-year-olds dying from, you know, treatable diseases like the flu, verdad? So it, it's really what it comes down to is if you're born uh, a darker shade than white, you're going to have to fight your whole life. If you're born poor, you're going to have to struggle your whole life. And the, the only remaining option left for us is revolution. And that's why people and partidos like Raza Unida are pushing for that third option. No more lesser of two evils. It's about revolution and liberation. So you said a lot, and, and, and I, I, I appreciate everything you just said. Um, but I, I want to ask, earlier you made a comment, and um, I kind of want to just understand like what you meant. And, and I want you to clarify it for, you know, a lot of people that are hearing um, some Chicanos talk like this for the first time in their life. Uh, maybe they've heard it, but haven't heard it enough. Or maybe uh, they've heard it and they want to continue to hear, uh, you know, stuff like this. But I mean, isn't a lot of what we are talking about today, uh, like I said earlier, because of the conditions and because of the hegemony that's created in our society and and if that's the case can you explain to me what because you mentioned it earlier and i want you to explain it because you brought it up and it's a good point what 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 is that hegemony of our society that's making this 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 ideal of capitalism consumerism um uh relevant well um, I would say that it's the white settler colonial nation and the ruling class bourgeoisie and the Estados Unidos, um, which maintain the current hegemony. And they have control over what's called the superstructure, right? The hermano Giru was talking about the economic base, but they also control the superstructure, which is the state apparatuses, the schools, the institutions, everything. And from a young age, when we come up, you know, we're going to these schools and they're teaching us what they want us to know. Just recently, they were talking about critical race theory in schools and banning yeah. it. And I have mm -hmm. a lot of uh, camaradas who teach and they were telling me that they have mandates from the federal government not to mention anything outside of the approved literature or not to cite text from our own gente. You know, they can't cite, you know, Chicano text. They can't cite Latino American text, right? They're controlling all of these narratives. And even if you go on TikTok, right, you'll see video after video of them promoting, you know, like brown and black people, you know, mixing in with, uh, you know, dating just all white people and being and valorizing this, you know, like it's like it's wrong for us to date our own raza or to be with our own raza or to have solidarity amongst, you know, brown and black peoples, right? So they maintain this hegemony and they force it down our throats, it's only natural that we rebel. And we have a long history of rebellion. You know, since the days where 
you know, Calhoun gave his speech saying why he didn't want Mexico to be incorporated into the union after they had attacked us for defending the rights of slaves owned by white settler colonial, you know, Americans, you know, they said that they didn't want to incorporate us because we were just savage Indians. ¿verdad? They didn't want us to be a part of the union because they didn't think we were capable of self-governance. But when I look out and I see, you know, the culture, the, the community, the love, the respect, the sacrifices that our people go through on a day-to-day basis, not only can I say without a shadow of a doubt that we are capable of it, but we're already doing it to more or less degrees. It's just about amplifying it so that we can achieve true liberation, achieve something like Aslan, where we can determine our own destiny and have control over our own resources. And we can work for one another to create a better nation, you know, for other colonized people as well, you know, like the new African nation. You know, we want to, we want to be able to express our humanity, our culture, create art, and experience life on our own terms without this hegemony that you had pointed out, you know, really controlling and dominating that for us because it's not our narrative, it doesn't belong to us, it's theirs. And we're just trying to create our own. It's not about anti-white or anti-anything, it's about being able to exist without being oppressed or forced into the background on anything. Right. I like I like that. I like that. So basically, you wrapped it up with saying that um, that hegemony is basically their narrative. Um, you know, through their institutions, um, we are led to believe their narrative is the right narrative when they tell us. Because that's another thing I did here, and that's a great point. That um, critical race theory. A lot of people may not. Um, I don't know. Talk about this a whole lot, but. The one thing that I, I, I do remember uh, clinging to is that when you're against critical race theory, then you are inherently against Chicano studies. And um, that Chicano study is imperatively, I mean, it, 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 it's imperative that we know um, what some of these um, authors Um, you know, represent, like, I mean, the banning of Occupied America with, uh, you know, from Rodolfo Acuna, I mean, mean, that was a book that was banned in Arizona, um, almost under the same pretext of uh, being a critical race theory type of, same same idea. And um, I like the fact that, you know, you brought up that, you know, I mean, we do need liberation under um, our own uh, to control our own uh, but at the same time right now I mean we're living day by day um, you know hand to mouth in this system uh, that's not fair um, but you know we have the rights that we have um, so this brings me to I think one of the closing issues um, that I mean you can elaborate if you want to uh, but I mean, I do believe that, you know, I mean, I, I think we touched on it earlier that, you know, I mean, right now we're divided and um, there is this huge amount of partisanship, not just amongst gente, but amongst gente and black Americans, uh, black Americans or African Americans against, um, you know, Chicanos, or they think that sometimes we're 
foreigners um, on our own land. Um, you know, that's the narrative that we don't control. Like when you were talking about, you know, their institutional, their institutions teaching the incorrect hegemony, that critical race theory of, uh, you know, this being occupied land. They don't want that narrative. So it creates that partisanship, not only with our black brothers and sisters, but also um, white Americans that would, could, should be uh, with us for the sake of humanity or the sake of just doing what's right under this um, ruling class that we have right now that don't give a fuck about them neither. Um, unless you're in that um, top 1% that owns 80 something percent of everything or the elite, um, if you will. Um, so this partisanship that I'm, 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 I'm talking about does um, like Kennedy in that speech that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back to, um, you know, systematically does want to control. Um, whether it be that government mind control that I was talking about earlier. I mean, you get a Black's Law Dictionary. I don't know what it says, but it probably says the same damn thing that I said right now. And, um, you know, there is no conspiracy, uh, you know, out there uh, to say that they don't want to take away your rights. Because I think that, you know, if a government can take away your rights, um, then it can control you. And that is the ultimate um, I think um, idea for the government is to control um, and I don't think that it is uh, a uh, partisan issue to want to protect your rights. I know that a lot of times, especially with the media and the propaganda that we were talking about earlier, uh, sometimes stigmatizes uh, certain issues and rights should not be a uh, stigmatized issue um, you know that being said man I really appreciate um, all of uh, the work you guys put in to this conversation uh, you know the preparation uh, that it took uh, you know to have this uh, conversation with me um, I don't know if anybody else uh, wanted to um talk at any longer depth on did, did did we pretty much cover everything um that that that, that we wanted to uh cover uh guys or was there anything that i missed uh can i just add a couple things yes sir absolutely go ahead cool so um earlier talking about book recommendations and stuff like that um one thing i wanted to recommend everybody is there's this really nice useful text for us people that are wanting to achieve liberation in the ways that Ignacio was speaking on and that book it's really a small text co compared to all, all the other stuff that we've been talking about and it's called the mini manual of the urban gorilla written by Carlos Marighella and it goes over I mean basically what it sounds like <laughs> gorilla tactics within an urban setting to um, try and uh, combat the sort of injustices that happen uh, when you are talking about these uprisings, you know, like during the Black Lives Matter, George Floyd protests and Standing Rock and all, all these different things that happen where they say, okay, that's enough, quiet down now or else. And then the or else starts happening. 
you you gotta you kind of gotta get with the program. You know what I mean? Because they're not gonna respect they're not gonna respect uh, doing things on your term. So you, you gotta find out some ways to uh, kind of fight that battle. You know. So that would that's an interesting uh, thing to check out. I also want to say that the the point you made about division is uh, is interesting because um, when we understand. Uh, when we're kind of ideologically driven and we understand uh, dialectically, I guess, that we have more in common through things like our relationship to the means of production and our, our, our material conditions, you'll start to realize that you have more in common as a Chicano or, or whatever, you have more in common with a black person that lives next door or down the street or across Amen. town Amen. Than, you, than you do with these capitalists. And, uh, and for that matter, you have more in common with the poor white folks, you know? Yes, I, and that's man, why, I, man, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right, 100%, go on. And that's why uh, the Black Panthers were working toward things like the Rainbow Coalition, where they, they literally went um, and tried to find all these different people trying to find their own liberation and, and, and fight their own struggles and brought them together so that united they could achieve uh, more things and, and that's when we were talking about this the other day like whether I thought capitalism was inherently racist I don't know if I would say that however it's in the interest of capital that we stay divided because if we don't we would come together or if we if we uh, weren't divided then we would come together and work toward its overthrow you feel what I'm saying oh this is the most important part of every single episode I try to do uh, when it comes to integrity. I'll quote one of the last things on my paper because I think I pretty much checked most of them off. But this this was, was I, I, didn't, I didn't state this, but I should have. Uh, but, but this is a good point. Be careful not to dehumanize those you disagree with in our self-righteousness we can, because this is like the very thing that, um, this, this is like what we criticize. And in other words, we might not even know it. You know, like don't dehumanize like the people that you, you disagree with because of your self-righteousness. Yeah. Uh, because that's, that's, that's the very thing that you'll become um, is what you criticize and you don't even know it. Um, I wrote it down real quick uh, because I liked it and I know that a lot of times um, I become like, you know, how do you say it? I, I, I become real, 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 real strong in an idea and a thought or whatever. And maybe somebody misinterpreted me, uh, you know, one way or another way. But really, I'm just trying to understand like what you were saying dialectically. Um, you know, I think I had this conversation with Ignacio, uh, you know, the other day, maybe probably many times before, is that, you know, man, I just want to crack this nut, man. I don't, the, 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 the division, the, the separation, the, 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 the hate uh, that we have for ourselves is systematically taught through us through conditions. And we need to shake that, man. We need to figure out that that's, that's, that's where they got us. And, and you're right, man. If, if we can see um, what we have in common, uh, you know, with our black brothers and sisters, with our 
uh, you know, even poor, you know, if the poor whites were on our side, if the blacks were on our side, it's always as people instead of whatever they think, immigrants or this or dumb or what, whatever they think of us, if they just stop, 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 listen to these guys, link up with these guys, it doesn't matter if they're black, it doesn't matter if they're white, but the ones that are disenfranchised, the ones that are going to hold your hands to and say, let's, let's make a change, you know what I'm saying, against uh, all this, um, you know, inequality. But I think that sometimes that's where they got us, man. Like, oh no, no, no. They tell the blacks, oh, they're stealing your jobs, man. You get, you'd be getting paid twenty bucks an hour if they didn't have those Mexicans doing it for ten bucks. And then they tell the whites, like, hey, man, you got the better place. You're already on top of the blacks and the, the Mexicans. So don't you want to stay there? Because if if you don't want to stay there, we can put them in front of you. And then, and that's 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 what that's what that's what those two think. And then us, we're just we're just trying to like you know survive, man. You know, but but now we're like, hey man, we didn't come from Europe, we didn't come from China, we didn't come from Africa. We're the only ones that really didn't come from nowhere. Yet we're treated. But that's the game, bro. That's the game. You set this one against that one, that one against this one, and the one that should be on top put him at the bottom, and now. You control every fucking one of them. Pretty tough. Pretty much that. I mean, that's well put, though. Yeah, yeah. There was a president who who said it. Um, he was talking about taking something out of somebody's pocket. And as long as you tell that 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 person um, that he's basically better than the other person, that he'll do whatever you want. As long as he thinks he's better or he's getting more or something like that. I can't remember how that that that, that one goes, but one of the presidents and it, it's it's actually like a bigoted statement. It's like, you know, as long as I can make him feel better than the next colored man, you know what? <clears throat> Let me. Let me look it up because that's going to be the last point I make unless uh, anybody has anything else to say because um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with uh, the way this episode uh, went. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think um, it was good. Good discussion. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I could just make one last point, um, I want to thank, you know, Giru for all the insights and you también because I agree with what's all been said today. And I just, you know, like, I want to add, you know, speaking to the Chicano nation, to our raza and, you know, to the new African nation and, and the poor white community, you know, like, we have this common enemy. And through a class basis, like Giru was saying, we can unite on various things. It's also okay, you know, for us to organize within our own nations to promote the betterment of our own nations so that Absolutely. we can have a principled unity. You know, yes. we need that. We need that. And like the Rainbow Coalition, you know, like we want to be able to look at our black sisters and brothers and, and have nothing but love for them, you know, because they're colonized as well. And yes. as we struggle against this white hegemony, we also need to look at the poor white community and tell them that we are not against white people. We are just for the liberation of our people and for the liberation of black people. And as this struggle continues to ensue, whatever may come, we have to bear in mind 
that the basis of this revolutionary action has to be centered on love, love for our raza, for other colonized people, and principled unity, and against this system that is destroying the planet which we all live on, and inhibiting all of our nations from growing. And I will I will just end by saying that there is a, a point that Ho Chi Minh made that I think is key in particular in understanding here within the belly of the beast. And that's once the dragons are released, and I'm paraphrasing here, but once the dragons are released, you know, the state will be, I can't remember the exact quote. <laughs> I lost my momentum. Pero what he was talking about was the dragons, meaning the criminalized people in the pintas, right? The people mm-hmm. locked up. We need to keep these gente in our minds because they're a part of our raza, they're a part of this struggle, and we need to release them to participate and regain the humanity and dignity stolen from them by the U.S. And if you have time, you can look up the Ho Chi Minh quote. I apologize for butchering that part, but the, the no, no, I got point. it. I got it. I got it. I got it. It says, okay. when the prison doors are opened, the real dragon will fly out. Exactamente. And that's it. That's it. Que viva la raza. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the one that I was uh, referring to earlier, I found it. And this is for all my white brothers and sisters out there that uh, you know, heard. Um, you know, we're not we're not against nobody, man. I don't ever want nobody to think that because that's not what I represent. What we represent. Um, I'm on board with uh, you know you saying that. You know, I I do believe that you know blacks need their space. You know, to 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 have their groups to build and because ain't nobody gonna do nothing for them, and ain't nobody gonna do nothing for us. We gotta do it for ourselves as uh, as as an integral unit. But when it comes to standing together for the principles that we all believe in, we need to have, you know, the black groups, the Chicano groups and the white groups that agree with each other to come together on the things that we do agree on. So I, I do very much agree. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that's a good sticking point, uh, you know, for a conversation like this, because I don't ever want anybody to think uh, that, you know, we're not about, you know, sharing the love. But um, this quote is... Uh, from Lyndon B. Lyndon B. Johnson. Not not that I like this dude or anything, but 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 this is something that he said and thought. And this is probably the way the guy thought, you know. And he, you know, they're devious, man, Machiavellian guys. But he said, if you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he will not notice that you're picking his pocket. He'll give him somebody to look down on. And he'll empty his pockets for you. That's cold shit, man. <laughs> That's fucked up, bro. That's so yeah, yeah. Up. But uh, hey, yeah, man, we're 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 at a wrap. Um, like I said, man, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, we'll be talking soon. Um, you know, I sent you know you'll 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 see it come up when it does. I'll go ahead and uh, send you a link to it. Uh, make sure that you do me this favor and I'm also telling to the audience anybody that listened throughout uh, you know this whole uh, episode probably liked the episode star the episode uh, you know maybe you know put a a couple of comments because you know if you can you know uh, support the podcast 
um, it ranks higher. Other people will hear it. Um, it'll actually be spread uh, a little bit more on the internet. Uh, the more likes and the more uh, star five star ratings and comments that it has. So I would appreciate that from y'all for y'all being on and uh, any of the listeners out there listening to me. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, wrap it up. I'll catch you guys on the rebound at the watch and uh, peace. Cool. So thanks for having us on. See ya. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.